Welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. This is an English podcast that will help you expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross cultural communication skills so that you can connect more deeply with the world. I'm your host, David Nagai. Hello and welcome to the Bridge Beyond English podcast. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Megan Noreen. She is a cyclical living coach and she helps people who have menstrual cycles get aligned with their body and the earth. Megan, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being with us. Yeah, thanks, David. I'm Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and speak with you. Can you introduce what you do a little bit? Just what is cyclical living? Because I think a lot of our listeners may have an idea, but they could use some clarification. Definitely. So the foundation of my work is menstrual cycle awareness or MCA for short. And the idea is that there are four different phases to the menstrual cycle, and I will go through those. But the idea is there is uh, a hormonal shift that happens uh, in the bodies of people that have menstrual cycles, and that these energies change how we experience um, our bodies. And so when we practice the menstrual cycle awareness, we are becoming aware of how our body is shifting and moving through these phases of the cycle. How did you get into cyclical living? What introduced you to it? Yeah, so I have been living here in Kolkata, India for the past um, 11 years now. And a project that I started here in India was helping um, teenage girls and women to um, have access to healthy menstrual products. And so created a business with, uh, as we were manufacturing cloth pads. And through this work, I was connected with sort of the menstrual awareness community within India and came across my teachers from the Red School in the UK. And so I just finished their leadership program and became an apprentice to them and their work and uh, have just been learning and growing from there. Okay, so at that business you created, you manufactured reusable cloth pads uh, that women or people who bleed each month can use in a healthy way because Mm -hmm. it was difficult to purchase those or difficult to find healthy ways of addressing the issue? Yeah, so it was a combination of different things. So I had heard stories from people that I was close with that the uh, regular products they were using, the disposable pads they were using, uh, they would be wearing them all day long, 
sometimes multiple days. I had heard people talk about they would wash them and wear them again, which, you know, it's just, it's not, it's not healthy. It's not uh, sanitary for our body. And then there was the other piece that the products they were using, the disposable products they were using, um, take a, can take up to 800 years to decompose. Um, Eight, 800 years. That's the estimate, yeah. Up to 800 years to decompose in the landfill. And so we really wanted to create a product that was more sustainable, not only healthy for the body, but also sustainable for the earth. Wonderful. And how did that lead you to your next uh, part of your journey with cyclical living? Yeah, it actually came from there is another company in India, Ecofem, that um, is creating these cloth pads. And they had sent out an email and had mentioned the, the group Red School that I had said earlier. And so I went straight to their website and just fell in love with everything I found there. And talking more about the, um, the awareness piece and the um, a spiritual and more energetic piece of the menstrual cycle and how we can use it to really discover our life's calling, how we can use it for creative projects, um, how we can just use it to support um, pretty much every aspect of our life. And so I fell in love with that sort of like holistic view of being a cyclical person because, you know, it's not just the time of menstruation that we have a cycle. Our hormones are continually going um, in the cycle. Right. So just for our listeners uh, who are uh, wanting a little more clarification, when we say cyclical, we're talking about a cycle. So something that happens again and again, each month, each year. Um, So the rhythm, so you see it in nature, you see it in pregnancy, you see it in menstruation, in bodies. Um, So that's what we mean by cyclical. So what is the problem that people face? What's the problem that so many of us are unaware of that you help address? Yeah. So this is one of my favorite things to talk about. Great. Um, You came to the right place. (laughs) And it's applicable to all bodies. So even people without menstrual cycles, um, the idea that the, you know, dominant cultures, the dominant societies and pretty much the entire world um, is running on a very capitalist um, productivity driven um, energy, right? And so then we are all pushed to, you know, go really hard, push our bodies to the point of exhaustion, of burnout. And, you know, we just can't sustain that for um, a long time. And that's why we're seeing a lot of growth in cases of chronic stress. So stress that is continually um, there for us. And so once we can adopt ideas of cyclical living and, um Yeah. And if you don't have, you know, a menstrual cycle, also aligning that with the, the earth cycle. And maybe that means taking, you know, a a chunk of time during the winter or during the summer to have rest. Um, And in the menstrual cycle, it would be taking the time while you're bleeding to have rest and really acknowledging that 
Um, we're not meant to go, go, go all the time. And there is deep um, wisdom in the resting time as well, in the silence, in the stillness. And we have to find that balance between the stillness, the resting, and the producing and creating. So in this busy capitalistic world with all this technology and need for productivity and connection, well, at least online connection, Mm. we work so hard, we never stop, we never pay attention to our bodies, and we can actually learn a lot from nature that is dormant or asleep in the winter and and replenishing for the spring and the summer. So Mm. understanding our bodies and the connection to each other and the earth. Yeah, that's beautiful. You can also bring the moon in too, because that's a, you know, a 27, 28 day cycle as well that we're all experiencing, you know, the time of darkness during the new moon. And that's the time of going in and resting in that hibernating space and then the full moon going out. And um, yeah, it's that time of the summer and the time of the full moon. And if you are uh, have a menstrual cycle, the time of ovulation, um, the inner summer, as I like to call it, uh, that is the time of connecting. And we have a lot more energy to connect with one another and be social. And um, yeah, it's just a beautiful way to align to your body. So what are some cases that you've seen in your own life or people who you have guided and coached Mm. where people didn't rest they didn't pay attention to their body in the cycle what was the consequence yeah um i will share a little bit of of my story here because that's the that's the big part for me was that uh so i was on hormonal birth control for 14 years and when you're on hormonal birth control you don't have a natural cycle and so your uh your energy is pretty much the same uh every day and so i was just going and doing and really pushing myself. And um, yeah, at the, at the end of that, I had a pretty extreme burnout and um, a period of, of darkness. And I lost sense of who I was. I lost sense of, you know, my work in the world, what I, um, what made me alive and felt connected. And it took me about two years to get out of that. And so um, when I look back now, I'm, I'm grateful for what that taught me, but also I feel quite um, a heaviness and a sadness that, you know, those two years of my life, um, I was in sort of this, under this dark cloud. And so then coming out of that and really integrating the ideas of, of rest um, regularly, and even if it's just in my daily practice of, you know, having a five minute meditation or spending time to journal um, in the morning or the evening and really finding that, that space, even within each day um, that I can take time for myself and reflect. So can you expand on that and share some more general ways of following cyclical living advice? Yeah. Um, So the number one thing I invite people to do and specifically people with menstrual cycles to do is to 
just write down every day um, what day you are on in your cycle. Day one being um, the first day of menstruation, the first day of bleeding, and then writing how you're feeling. And it can be as simple as, you know, one word to sum up the, the day or, you know, a few words if you want to connect with how you're feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, any of those aspects. And then once you sort of have this practice for a few months, you start to see your own natural pattern. So, you know, I can sit here and tell you what my pattern is, but we all have different bodies. You know, there are 7 billion different bodies in the earth and we all experience our bodies differently. So it's really important for us just to be in tuned with our own body. Um, and that goes for everybody, you know, taking taking time out to really listen um, to what's going on inside. And that can be, you know, even physical. If you um, are feeling a pain or an ache in your body, like, can we take can we take this space to ask ourselves, uh, oh, what is that? Why is that there? Instead of immediately, you know, jumping to a, a way to fix it. Um, so how can we allow our bodies to be our teachers? So listening to our bodies and then reflecting on it. And then what do we do with that data? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully like it would um, reveal something. It would be an invitation for you to, um, yeah, step into a deeper connection there. Um, and it could, it could mean things like, uh, you know, people who experience a lot of period pain, um, menstrual cramps, like it could be things like changing your diet, could be things like reducing stress, could be things like um, taking day one off of off of work, off of um, whatever responsibilities you have and spending the time to rest. Um, so it's going to be different for for each person. And um, yeah, just really seeking out the ways that we can we can care for ourselves and what what resonates with your own um, body. So with menstrual cycle, applying this to your menstrual cycle uh, is important for people with menstrual cycles. What about men or people who identify as men and uh, those who do not have menstrual cycles mm. like me? Yeah. So people that don't have um, a cycle, you actually do have a 24 hour cycle. Um, right. Which, right. Yeah. And so um, we all have a 24 hour cycle, but the, male hormone uh, testosterone has a 24-hour cycle which peaks in the morning so it's usually like right when you're waking up and then it drops off gradually um, throughout the day and so you can actually align your life to that cycle and so maybe focusing on um, yeah the different energy you have after waking up in the morning and if your testosterone is high at that point it could be the t the time that you spend your most um yeah, the most energy, um, um, no, most, lost most productive, <laughs> most creative, most yeah. energetic. Yes, exactly. Um, tasks that you might have for that day, put them there and, um, allow yourself to, to rest in the evening. And then also just focusing on the 24 hour rest, you know, and making sure we're all getting enough sleep and, uh, 
Cause we know that if we, you know, if you miss a night of sleep, if you miss two nights of sleep, like it's, it's really hard to function. Like you can't even put two words together. And so that's important for all of us. And then, yeah, um, I think for people without menstrual cycles, since um, a natural cycle is not really um, embodied within you, it is seeking out those other cycles um, around you that you can um, connect with. And if you have um, if you have a partner that has a menstrual cycle, you can like learn ways to support them in that. And um, that's a really beautiful way to learn more about how um, cycles ebb and flow. And then, of course, like with nature, which you said before. What's an example of how someone can support their partner who has a menstrual cycle? Yeah, I think the first step would be just um, opening communication, because I, I know for probably a lot of us, it's not a common conversation that happens um, between partners, um, between anybody really in society. And so yeah, I many, think- many cultures don't like to talk about blood or bleeding or that part of the body or things that are messy, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, there is definitely that, that culture that um, our blood is dirty or shameful. And I think if there's a way to normalize it, like the very beginning of that would be just opening up communication about it um, because it is a very beautiful, natural way of life. And it's literally how life um, is created. And Exactly. Um, we need blood. <laughs> blood is our exactly. life source. <laughs> Exactly. And we all came from a person who had a menstrual cycle and it was only because of that menstrual cycle that we are here today. And, and half so, the people throughout history in this world have yeah. had menstrual cycles. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, so I think it's, yeah, ahead. so just opening up that, uh, that conversation. And even if it's as simple as sharing like, um, you know, the person who has the menstrual cycle sharing what day they are on in their cycle. And also the, uh, you know, the partner can um, just be inquisitive and asking like, oh, where are you in your cycle? How are you feeling today? Is there anything you need? Um, how can I be supportive? Because Of course, it's going to be, again, different for every person. Right. And then the partner can learn and empathize and understand, support, mm -hmm. And also the one who has the menstrual cycle can feel less alone and receive that support, right? But it starts with open communication and vulnerably talking about something that is often associated with shame or being taboo, right? Um, my understanding about Indian culture traditionally was that women were often not allowed to enter temples when they were on their cycle or uh, menstruating or in general? Can you elaborate on that? Mm, yeah, so it's, uh, it's different. I have heard both actually, um, but for the majority, it's while you are menstruating, while you're bleeding, um, not being able to, to enter the temple, which is interesting because I actually went to a temple a few years ago in Assam that the um, the deity of that temple is a bleeding woman. Wow, <laughs> and ironic. Yeah, it is really ironic. And there were like hundreds of devotees there and we actually couldn't get in because it was so crowded. Um, but 
yeah, it's like it was there was a big disconnect there. Um, but I, the the culture is shifting in the and it's mainly because of the communication and um, yeah, there's been a lot of growing activists in the community speaking up about you know the taboos and even large companies have come on with their advertising. There's, you know, um, there has been a um, a myth for a long time here that if you're bleeding and you touch a plant, the plant will die, um, which I, I hope most of your listeners know that that is not true. And um, yeah, so there's like these big ad campaigns talking about like, oh, like you can touch the plant and it won't die while you're bleeding. Um, so really like creating a shift to more positivity around um, bleeding, which has been, yeah, a really, a really beautiful thing to watch over the years that I've lived here. Right. Do you think that much of the world is increasing their openness to discussing menstrual cycles and cyclical living in general? Mm. Um, just since I've been, you know, a part of this community, I've seen the community itself grow, um, yeah. Like an online community. Yeah, I think not even just online, just knowing there are there are more organizations and there are more um, people coming into different, you know, there's many different lines of work within um, working with the menstrual cycle. And there are, you know, I saw like Nike, who is, you know, this huge global um, company came out with a um, with a campaign inviting people to exercise along with their cycle. And, you know, a lot of big Olympic athletes are beginning to align their exercise with their menstrual cycle. And so it is becoming a lot more um, mainstream in the, in the culture, I believe. Yeah. But still and has a long way to go. <laughs> I can just imagine that like many important ideas like Me Too movement or Black Lives mm -hmm. Matter and many, many different things, um, or the way that religion is changing all over the world and science is spreading and the media and technology are very, very essential for the spread of more ideas, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think the way, yeah, the way we engage um, with each other now, you know, like social media and the different ways that we're able to be connected so much online has really, um, yeah, supported a lot of these movements and one of them being the, yeah, just the more normalizing and being able to communicate about the cycle, definitely. Is there any story about someone who had a transformational uh, change when they started living according to their cycle, the cycle of nature? Mm. Yeah, I think um, a lot of the stories that come through, and there's a lot of similar stories that come through. Um, the One of the big ones is reducing or getting rid of menstrual cramps or period pain, which is a huge thing. Um, once people allow themselves to rest, that's usually one of the first things that uh, reduces is any pain they might have uh, while they are bleeding. And I've, I've seen people, um, yeah, just really begin to advocate for themselves, uh, which I think is a beautiful thing that 
um, the more in tune that they have gotten with their cycle, they've found, um, they found an empowerment to be able to use their voice and really speak out and share what their needs are and um, set up healthy boundaries in their relationships and their work life um, with stress. And that's been beautiful. And then people connecting more deeply um, with their partners. Um, that's been a beautiful thing. And people connecting with ancestors which has been um, really beautiful and particularly, you know, with the maternal line of ancestry. And um, they, there's a quote and I don't remember who it's by. I might have to look, look it up, but um, when, when a woman um, discovers healing or heals her body, she is healing seven generations back and seven generations. Forward. And so you know, if you know anything about, um, you know, epigenetics and how, you know, nervous system and stress is passed down through generations like this. Um, yeah, it has, it has the ability to transform not only your own life, but transform um, your connection with those who came before you and those who will come after you. Yeah, it's really interesting to think about what we inherit in our bodies, in our cultures, in our traditions that are wonderful and beautiful, but also things that have hurt us, like mm -hmm. negative beliefs, negative habits, negative norms. So mm -hmm. what's exciting about your work and the whole idea of cyclical living is we can reset our our life and we can influence our children and the next generation. Uh, but it sounds like it all starts with awareness, uh, but it sounds really like we don't need rocket science to figure it out. We just need to start paying simple attention to our bodies and nature and slow down and reflect. Yeah, that is a, that's a great way to put it. Hmm. So Megan, if, the audience, if my listeners could take away one thing, what would you hope it would be? Yeah, I think um, the one thing that's coming to me now is to know that just as you are, um, just as you are in your body, you are perfect and whole. Um, like there's, like there's nothing, nothing wrong and your body has supported you to live as long as you have and you are listening here in this moment means that your body is supporting you to be able to listen, right? And so how can we then um, turn back and also love and care and honor for our bodies because it has been there loving and caring and honoring us for all of these um, years. So yeah, just slowing down and listening and how um, we can start building that relationship with our body. And what is one small thing that someone could practice today mm. to get started on this cyclical living, uh, cyclical living journey? Yeah, um, I would say to maybe even right after listening this, um, 
put all distractions away. Uh, close your eyes, take a moment of silence, even if it's just one minute and just ask yourself, how am I doing in this moment? And really allow, allow your body to speak, whether that's through a physical, uh, something physical that you feel, um, something mental, some image or word that comes to mind, um, an emotion that comes up and just, just ask, how, how am I doing in this moment? Thank you very much uh, for that wisdom. So Megan, you teach courses online and facilitate communities. Uh, can you just mention briefly what you offer and who it's for? Yeah, definitely. So I uh, do run courses um, occasionally. They are group courses and they are launched throughout the year. And I also have a community that is ongoing, uh, like a monthly membership. And both of those are for anyone um, with a menstrual cycle or women. We have women that are in menopause that are in those um, that are in those as well. And I also um, offer different things on my website, um, things to come, just ways to connect with uh, the awareness through um, meditation, through ritual, through self-care. Um, there are things like that available. Okay, and do you offer one-on-one -on -one consulting? That is a new thing that is coming. It's not yet up, but um, yes, it will be. it will be there. Okay, and can you say the name of your website where people can find your information or what's the best way for people to connect? Yeah. So the best way is to, um, go to my website, Megan Noreen, M E G H A N N O R E A N.com and, uh, signing up for my email list. So that's the, that's the best way to know like what's happening and what's going on. Um, and I'm also, on Instagram as well, Megan.Noreen um, on Instagram. Okay, well, I will put a link to all that in the show notes. Uh, so you can just click that if you wanna find more information, if you wanna contact Megan or read her blog or listen to her podcast as well. Megan, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you for sharing your cyclical wisdom with me and all the listeners. We really appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for inviting me and thanks for your thought-provoking questions. It was a beautiful conversation. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you're enjoying this podcast, Feel free to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If you would like, you can also leave a review or a rating, and that will help spread the word so that more people can find this podcast. If you would like to use English to expand your creative thinking, global awareness, and cross-cultural communication, you are welcome to join one of our classes here in Yokohama Motomachi or online. If that's something that interests you, you can click the link in the show notes or visit us at bridgebeyondenglish.com. Thanks for listening.
We'll see you next time.